Hello, 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 everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Thoughts and Tea with your girl, T. Me. Also known as TNT, you can find this podcast on Spotify, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, and you can find it on my website under the blog section at www.amitamakloe.com. Amitamaklo.com. I am so grateful for all of you. I'm grateful to all of you for making it this far with me to the third full episode dang okay 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 <laughs> but seriously though i hope you're all doing well and in stellar health especially considering in short i just really hope none of you guys listening have caught the coronavirus or your loved ones all I'm saying is, do the needful, wash your hands, sanitize, don't touch your face, and self-isolate if you need to, just to prevent this thing from spreading. It is my prayer, and I'm sure it's everybody else's prayer, that this whole situation blows over very, very soon. Sooner rather than later. So for today, what are we going to be discussing? Remember at the beginning of my whole series, the very first, well, pre-episode that I put out, I said I wasn't going to try to do this by myself. That's exactly what's happening in this episode. This episode, we're actually going to be talking about anxiety. What is anxiety? I know personally that it's a word that we put about, a lot of us put about to describe a certain way we're feeling. As to how we all feel that, it's a little different because people experience it differently. Also, who knows, it might just be a word that sometimes people throw about. Kind of, you know, pop culture where people say, oh my God, I'm so dead. Oh my God, I'm so weak. Oh my God, I have anxiety right now. You know, sometimes I feel like as people, we don't understand the magnitude of the words that we use. And especially with anxiety falling into the mental health spectrum, it's imperative that we know what it is, we are more educated on this. Mental health is a topic that um, gradually is being talked about, but I still but I still feel like it's not being talked about enough. And so my little contribution I can make to the world is to try to get us all as informed as possible, not just through my opinions or opinions of other people, but also by getting knowledgeable people, specialists, people who have actually specialized in the topics of our discussion for them to give us their years of accumulated wisdom. Before I knew it, I felt as though I was going to fall. And f so today, this podcast is actually going to be, is going to be the first in the two-part conversation. And fortunately, we have been blessed because I have been able to get access to one of the most knowledgeable people about anxiety. It's amazing. The work she is doing is phenomenal. Her name is Dr. Angela Neal Barnett, and she is a professor in the Department of Psychology at Kent State University. 
She focuses on um, research on anxiety disorders among African Americans. And uh, she has a program. She's the director of the Prada program. And no, not the brand Prada. This is the program for research on anxiety disorders among African Americans in the Department of Psychology at Kent State University. She is also the author of Soothe Your Nerves. The Black Woman's Guide to Understanding and Overcoming Anxiety, Panic, and Fear. Her research interest usually has to do with researching anxiety disorders among African-American populations to try to uh, get as much information, therefore finding ways to customize the care needed for our people. We all aware that we live in a system or we live in a world where systems are usually not set in place unless the majority of the people are the people who need that kind of help the systems set in place do not usually cater to the needs of the quote-unquote minority oh i hate 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 using that word minority <sighs> let me rephrase underrepresented because that's what it is by being underrepresented our needs are not necessarily being met this anxiety is nothing i know you guys are done hearing me talk right now so we'll just jump right into it thank you so much thank you so so much for making the time to actually talk to me right now i'd like you to introduce yourself to listeners and tell us who you are and what you do so my name is dr angela real barnett everybody calls me dr angela and i am a professor of psychological sciences at kent state university where I direct the program for research on anxiety disorders among African Americans. Okay, wonderful. Again, thank you so much. So, the reason I wanted to talk about anxiety is because it's um, a word that a lot of people throw around. I'd want us to be a lot more educated on what anxiety is. There is no harm in education. Would you care to elaborate on what anxiety is from your research? So anxiety is a is the fear of a future threat. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to happen. Uh, but you know something is going to happen. And so that causes a certain symptoms like worry. You're always on edge, always waiting for the next shoe to drop. And one of the most common, many people, many people have had panic attacks. Uh, panic attacks occur uh, in several ways. Uh, they can occur all of a sudden out of the blue for no reason at all. You just feel really, really scared. And uh, when that happens, you might start sweating. You might go from hot to cold to cold to hot. You might feel tingling or numbness in your arms or your legs. Uh, you might have trouble breathing. Your heart starts to beat faster. You feel like you're going crazy. You feel like you're going to die. For black Americans, you have these panic attacks that are called isolated sleep paralysis, which is just as you're waking up or just as you're falling asleep you feel as if you can't move. That's very, very scary, but you can't. Um, one of the things we need to understand with 
paralysis as it's been throughout black folklore. So we'll hear people talk about the witch who was bugging me last night, or a hate got a hold of me. And um, what they actually are are a form of panic. And most panic attacks actually occur at night. And we do we know the underlying causes of a panic attack, or is it just like, does it just happen for no reason at all? What triggers the body to get into that kind of response? Well, panic attacks really are about safety, about not feeling safe. Uh, a number of things can uh, trigger them, so you're more susceptible to a panic attack in terms of uh, the amount of caffeine. So caffeine makes you more susceptible to a panic attack. Uh, and lots of brain research in terms of that. Uh, right now, one of the things that we are learning is the role that the brain plays in anxiety. And then, again, uh, if you come from the, a line of people who are anxious, you learn to be anxious. So it can be transmitted from generation to generation to generation. You actually just um, touched on one of the questions I wanted to ask you, which was, can anxiety be inherited? So now that you brought that up, are you saying that it can be passed on genetically or it can be passed on to nurture? Is it a nature v. nurture type situation where you either learn it from the people you're around or you actually inherit a gene that makes you more susceptible to anxiety? Uh, what we call is, is that you might have a genetic predisposition to anxiety. Uh, but the other thing is that it's a learned response. You, you watch how your relatives, how your mother, how your grandmother, how your great-grandmother uh, responds to different situations. And if they respond in an anxious, fearful way, then that's what, that, that's what you learn. I always say it's like making greens. So that, you know, green recipes are passed down from generation to generation. And, you know, when you make, if you really make greens, you know, you should use, you want, you want lots of pot liquor, you want to use some kind of, of, of pork, and you want to use lots of salt and, and butter to make it in the greens that that takes. We know that making your greens that way is just unhealthy and places you at risk for various um, health and physical disorders. So what we have to learn to do, just like many of us have done in terms of making greens, is to change the recipe. And so the same is true for anxiety. We learn to name it and then change our response. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for that. That's actually been very enlightening. Um, so the next question has to do with what is going on in our world right now, the state of the world, which I think we are all aware of with the COVID-19 outbreak. In the wake of this epidemic, what are some of the things that you think are happening to raise the anxiety level of um, people? Because I think I watched one interview a while back on how epidemics spread and someone was saying that sometimes 
just the mental orientation of the people when the epidemic happens can be a big um ideal breaker as to how it actually spreads so what do you think are some of the things that are happening that is raising the anxiety level of people amidst this epidemic well this is, a, this is a, an unknown and wondering why it is we don't you know this, this fear uh of of a of a perceived threat we don't know when we don't know where it's an unknown first of all it, it's an un, unknown um I tried to watch the news yesterday, but after 15 minutes, I turned it off because it was it, it was anxiety provoking. It was doom and and and, and gloom and as you know, it was Molly words. Hear this kind of message where there is no or where it seems as if there's no answer that raises one anxiety. And when you look at uh, what's shown on, on the news media, you know, there's no math, there's no this, there's no that. That raises anxiety. What calms, what, what, what seems to calm our panic is first of all, you know, transparency. So when people tell you the truth, Here's what's happening. Here's what we're going to do about it. A consistent message um, is very important. And then us doing some of our own self-care around this. If we know that we tend to get anxious when we hear negative things, then there's some things that, that we can do to manage our anxiety. And remember, a little anxiety is good. A lot of anxiety that interferes with our lives is not good. Media is one of the biggest influences on almost everything in our lives. And from what you've allowed yourself to see on the media, do you think they've done a good job of being transparent and um, being a lot more positive towards what we can do to control the situation, the things that are in our control, or they have been feeding the anxiety demon with the way they portray the news. Because uh, I actually got a text message from a friend, and I know she meant well, where they were saying something about the whole country's about to go on lockdown, and the president said this, and blah, 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 coming to find out that it wasn't true. It was a scam that was circulating. What how well or how bad do you think the media has been with regards to this? Because a lot of the information we get is from the media. I think some people have been very good, and I think some people have been very bad. I and mean, panic sells. <laughs> uh, it's, it's one thing that we need to realize. For example, I think the governor of Ohio and his team in their, um, in their regular two o'clock Eastern Time press conferences do an extremely good job at uh, reducing anxiety. Uh, I think there's some other people who do an, an awful job at, at doing that and that's people's anxiety. And if one is prone to being anxious anyway, it makes it makes it worse. 
That's why there are uh, things that individuals need to do to help reduce their anxiety. And so one of those things is to call it what it is, is, you know, it's anxiety. Two is to limit how much of the news that you watch and what news that you watch. Because some people are better um, than, than others. Three is the importance of some type of exercise. Uh, exercise helps reduce anxiety for most people. So doing some type of exercise. You hear people talk about self-care. Um, you know, even if it's walking for a half hour, uh, twice a day, that's, that's something one can do, and that uh, helps one deal with the tension, uh, the muscle tension, the physical tension, and it's also an opportunity to clear one's mind. Yoga, again, very helpful in clear in, in changing and reframing one one's thoughts. So there are a number of things that that we can do to help manage our own anxiety. There we have it, everyone. And personally, I cannot begin to describe how much information I have picked from this conversation with Dr. Angela Barnett. I would like to again say thank you so much to her. I have done it again. As I mentioned before, this is the first in a two-part conversation with Dr. Angela on anxiety. And I'd like for you to join me next week on the second part of this conversation with Dr. Angela as we talk more about anxiety. And the worst part is there's no and these complexities come with some stresses that um, are put on our bodies, our minds, our souls, our spirit. It's just a lot for the human being. And um, anxiety is very real. It is very real. The fact that people don't see your struggles and the fact that people don't see the battles you fight does not mean they're, they're less painful or, they're, or they don't exist. As humans, we've learned to put on a show. We've learned to wear a mask. We've learned to have a facade because when you bear your soul out, when you put yourself out there, when you expose your vulnerabilities, it's one of a couple things. People might try to be empathetic, try to understand you. Some people might flat out take advantage of you and not even know they're taking advantage of you. Some people might manipulate you because you're very vulnerable. Unfortunately, being human is very complex and we have to come to terms with that. Nothing is that simple, especially when it comes to humanity and our emotions. However, it is very important that we remember and know that we are not alone fighting these demons. These invisible demons, these silent battles that we fight, we all fight them every day. When we come to terms with that reality, we are one step ahead of being in control of the situation and making it work in our favor. That is the only way that we move a step towards healing and living our best lives.
I will highly encourage each and every one of you to join me next week on the second part of this podcast as we finish the conversation with Dr. Angela. I know, I know that there's a lot of uncertainty now currently in our world and the future is a little bleak. But if we're being honest, that's not the truth. This too shall pass. What have we faced as a population that we have not overcome? We will be okay. We will pull through this as well. On that note, I cannot leave without saying a big heartfelt thank you to Dr. Janice Bird. Oh my goodness, this woman. When I needed the resource to make this podcast happen, she pulled through. She is the depiction of what it means to be a community. That is how she pays her dues. And your girl, T, (laughs) me, I pay my dues by using my voice and making this information accessible. So yes, some way, somehow, we all contribute to the betterment of the world. And I encourage us to do this in our own little ways. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Thoughts and Tea, TNT with your girl, T, (laughs) me. And I will tea you later. Actually, next week. Oh, yeah. And yeah, before I forget, don't forget to sanitize, wash your hands, don't touch your face, and please stay indoors. Thank you.